back to listen to this? <laughs> nice. Wow. Sometimes I just put this on and listen to it. <clears throat> All right, okay, we'll turn it off. Okay. I can, um, I'm going to have trouble duplicating. I've been thinking about doing another intro kind of thing for you, but I just can't. I can't. I don't know. When it comes, yeah. just do it when you, when you, there's no pressure. I'm loving what we have already. So. Well, I probably need to do some ayahuasca to get there. <laughs> Welcome, folks, to the DadCast. I'm your host, Tim, and this is the DadCast, where I sit down with my dad and we talk about crazy things. So <laughs> we already started. <laughs> I don't do ayahuasca, just so you know. Can you explain to all of our Christian listeners what ayahuasca is? I have never done it, so I don't know. Oh, I'll it's, it's, uh, it's a drug that Indians, Native Americans smoke, possibly? I don't know. So ayahuasca is not done by smoking. It's ingested as a liquid. Ooh. And then I think you puke it up, and as you're puking it up, you're hallucinating. So it's an awful time, <laughs> but um, they, from what I've heard, a lot of people go to. It's done heavily in Mexico because there is still a, a native population. Central America mm-hmm. is where it's central. Yeah, and so from the Mayans. Ooh, ooh. but they they do that. Uh, people do that. Old, there's a lot. It's a big movement now. People will go down there and have an ayahuasca experience wow. to deal with a lot of times it's like um if they're addicted to something mm-hmm. they'll go and then they'll not be addicted anymore things like that so ayahuasca kicks their butt they're off of it yeah they have a, a religious experience through that and they and again from what i've heard i don't I, i've not done it either but um i've heard people talk about it mm-hmm. and they they say that um they have a whole facility that they go to and then it's done by a fire. And they have a guy who guides them through it, all this stuff. So, in the these facilities that all these people are going and doing it at. Wow, um, I've heard a bunch on Joe Rogan. They talk about it, but yeah, does not sound like a lot of fun to me. You know, the Mayans. While while the Europeans that we're, we think we're so wonderful, we're tell us why we're not. <laughs> well, while the Europeans were waddling around in the mud in the dark ages the the mayans had advanced calculus and physics and uh, they understood uh huge super intelligent things about the movement of the stars mm. the sun the moon yeah it's stuff they could yeah right. i don't think they could have come up with that themselves i believe that they were influenced by beings that were very intelligent. So, well, if you anyways. look at the like, sorry, pyramids, right? Yeah, yeah. Man, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. Okay. The pyramids are very similar to this. I mean, you just start seeing these like pyramids all over the world, right? And there's tons in South America, Central America, m- much more than Egypt. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I've heard um, they even like you can clap at the entrance like so you're at the bottom of the pyramid and you uh-huh. look up you clap and then the echo of it the way that the pyramid is built and the way that the chambers inside comes back and it sounds like the birds like mm. the specific bird in that area and you clap pow you know, I might be able to find it but it's really <coughs> fascinating that they built the pyramid so that if you clap in front of it you hear a bird sound it's very similar to like the birds in that area <laughs> which is wild right? yeah like how would you yeah. How many pyramids do you got built before you hear that? Or 
Mm-hmm. Right. Somehow, what would you say? What, what's what's your theory? Well, on? I think Enoch, the book of e- first book, the first book of Enoch, not not the other ones, but is probably correct that the uh, watchers who rebelled, the high-ranking celestial beings, came down, had sex with women, created Nephilim, and they exchanged advanced knowledge for marriage to hot women. Hmm. Yeah. It's like a dowry. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Advanced technology. Here, listen to this real quick. Yeah. Let me make okay. sure that it's going to come through the... Um, yeah, okay. It's going to play. So this is a... This is a, When you clap at this mind temple, this is what it says. When you clap at this mind temple, it echoes back the call of the native... I'm not going to be able to say it. Bird of that... This, this is a simple echo, actually. It's very simple to explain. When you clap in front of a pyramid, I mean of a, of a slope, the sound will go to, to the top. In this case, a pyramid. You know? And if it's there a, a cavity or a temple, like in this case, the echo come, will come back to you. If you clap in front of an Egyptian pyramid, nothing happens because the sound goes away. But here, the sound comes back. Why it sounds like a bird? Don't ask me that. Because we don't know. But this is really impressive. Experts from different countries, experts in acoustics, have come here to study, to, to try to, to know how this is possible. Yeah. So anyways, mm-hmm. isn't that interesting? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. A Chichen is... It's I I don't know what that is. The Pyramid Chicha It's a, I don't, I'm slaughtering the name of this place, but yeah. Anyways, okay. Hmm. Fascinating, huh? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, you need to do your intro, though. You haven't done it yet. Oh, uh, I'm sorry, guys. This is a dad cast. Welcome <laughs> to the dad cast. We talk about weird things. Yeah. This is my dad. Hey. Hey. I'm Timon. We've got a, other podcasts you've probably heard us on, heard me on, probably. Go back and listen to other dad casts. There's some really good stuff out there. We talk about Nephilim. Um, we're talking about just spiritual stuff, aliens, uh, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you got a whole bunch of notes in front of you. What's that for? I, you said you want to talk about revelation, which I don't really feel qualified for, but I yeah. just wrote some things down, but I don't know. Uh, you probably asked me a question I didn't get prepared for. I didn't, I, I took like two minutes. Well, we're done with this podcast. Oh, we're done? Yeah, if you're not going to come prepared for these podcasts, then we're just going to... All right. We've already heard that before. Yeah. <laughs> Inside joke for you listeners that don't know. We're crapping on another podcast. That's yeah. All good. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I I was just thinking the other day, I'm like, man, I, Revelation is <clears throat> a weird book. I mean, Genesis oh, yeah. is weird, but I can wrap my head around Genesis a lot easier than I can wrap my head around Revelation. Hmm. Even though Genesis is probably way more... Uh, there's a lot, I mean, there's depth to all of it. I'm not saying that there's not depth to revelation. It's just revelation is so, uh, it's got a lot of pictures and a lot mm-hmm. of symbols, mm-hmm. which I mean, Genesis has that too, but Genesis has more of a coherent story. When I read it, it makes more sense to me. You're traveling along. It's the start. And then now here we are. Whereas in revelation, I start reading it and I'm like, you know, I, I don't even know if I've read Revelation. I have read Revelation all the way through once or twice in my life. 
but it's one of those books that I'm like, all right, I'm trying to read my Bible in a year, and <laughs> it's December, <laughs> and I got Revelation in front of me, so let's just knock it out. <clears throat> Which it's that's not the book it's supposed to be, right? It's something yeah. that's like here's a puzzle on top of a puzzle on top of a puzzle, and you know these six different keys to unlock the maze and understand at least what they're talking about. So when I've read it in the past, like okay, there's horsemen, there's lampstands, all right, there's, this is our dream. I don't, I don't know. You know, yeah. what is going on? Lake of Fire, a thousand year rain. It doesn't make sense to me. So I just wanted right. to see if you could give, and you don't have, I mean, the other thing is this. I know that when I was really young, you spent time studying Revelation. That's something you've been into in my past. Even now, you know, it's still something you're, you're knowledgeable about. But you, did you not study a bunch of it and try to teach at one point and no one showed up to your classes? Is yeah, that, is that not something that that happened at one point? Yeah, I prepped for it a long, a lot of hours. Yeah, um, and two people showed up out of a church of seven hundred. So, but it probably shouldn't be about numbers. But I thought, wow, I guess they're not interested. But I, I still did the class with those two people. Yeah. So, um, and and it's very interesting because my my view of Revelation is broadened but i'm rusty because i i really have been spending the last Spent year hours. in genesis I, I, yeah i'm D- diving the revelation back then and now you're spending it in a different yeah i probably spent 40 hours prepping for the whole book of revelation which is really not enough yeah. but the four sermons that i have coming up I, i've been released to do two of them um i probably did 60 hours per sermon hmm already and the the other two are not slated yet but yeah it's not because i it's because i want to know because i keep falling i'm like oh if if i'm this one paragraph is probably 10 hours i can say it in in about 30 seconds but there's probably 10 hours of work into that paragraph because yeah yeah the nuance the history the where it shows up later where it shows up in the past yeah Yeah. right well can, can you i mean i guess yeah i would like to, I don't know. I just feel like I want to know a little bit more about Revelation because then that will give me a little bit better idea of what's happening. Mm-hmm. What um, What is the overarching themes of Revelation? Well, it's first of all, if you don't understand the Old Testament, Revelation is going to not make as much sense, or you're going to interpret it. It's something called presentism. Present, a lot of people take Revelation and they, you know, like a hundred years ago, they interpreted it a certain way to fit what was going on a hundred years ago, and then you know, every it seems like people interpret it well. Right now, people can be pushing a lot of stuff. You can, can get a lot of views. What's Re- happening right now is <clears throat> Revelation. Revelation. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But they they've been doing that for centuries. Right. And they ignore the Old Testament. Okay. It's full of the Old Testament. Okay. So, but I, I a lot of people skip Revelation because it's scary. But I think Revelation is a letter to encourage the church about Jesus and the saints' ultimate victory. Ultimate. That doesn't mean everything in the middle is going to be fun. Yeah. Um, but it's like the hope at the end of the tunnel. Okay. Right. And I think the other thing that's really hard about it is it's it's full of um, prophetic iconogra- 
iconography, not pornography. <laughs> Prophetic <laughs> iconography. <laughs> In other words, there are layers of symbols that relate to the Old Testament that relate to what a Jew would have known in John's day. Hmm. And um, um, so because we don't know our Old Testament and because we don't know how an Israelite or a Jew thinks, then we make it a Greek, well, the way a Greek thinks. And and that's incorrect. Hmm. So, so I think there are layers of revelation that are prophetic, that are, uh, what would you call um metaphor but there's I, I think there's literal truth in it mixed in too it, you know what I mean so okay. yeah so it's a really it's not this is truth and then here's metaphor and then here's truth it's, it's here's mixed. a little truth and then wrapped in a metaphor yeah. with some truth around it with another metaphor on top of a metaphor and some yeah. truth I think it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's all mixed together yeah I think there's layers of it um I think um Verse 119 is really important. Uh, maybe I can read that to you. Um, so, you know, John is having this. Uh, he, he was on the island of Patmos. He, he's put there because of his faith. And um, he's not by himself, but it's kind of like a prison on an island. But in, anyways, he has this vision, of course, the whole revelation. So he's out of the body, I guess. He's taken up to heaven. So, mm. but it says, "Write therefore the things that you have seen, the things that are to take place." Wait, uh, the things that you have seen. Oh, okay. Let me read that correctly. Write therefore the things that you have seen, those that are, and those that will take place. So, talk about the things that have culminated in the past. Things that are happening right now in John's day, and the things that are to come. So the the book is a mixture of past, present, and future. Present in John's day, not our day. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there are threads of it. I think, uh, and I'm not going to go into it because, again, I'm really, really um, rusty on my study of it, but uh, somewhere after the, there are seven letters to the different churches. Um seven different churches, and there's more than seven churches, but they stand for something. And then after those letters are written, and some of them are encouraging, some of them are, are outright, you know, Jesus is not happy with the churches. Hmm. <laughs> and then after that, he's taken up to heaven into to see what's going on in the heavenly realm, past, present, and future all mixed together. Wow. And so that's where it gets a little Wild. discombobulated. But... Um, the seven letters to the seven churches are, I think they're real letters to real churches, but they are also, they might be talking about different ages that have passed since Jesus until today. Mm-hmm. You know, each church stands for an age and pe- people argue that. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm, uh, that's okay if it is that way or not. I'm not sure. So, but then when you get into the prophetic stuff of what's going on, you know, the, um, all the iconography, you know, the imagery, it gets a little tough sometimes. And you have basically seven seals, seven trumpets, and seven bowls. And I don't think those are linear because they're, they're like different punishments that are released on the earth. 
I think they're interwoven. So the seals possibly might be things that began even after Jesus. You know, they're long. They're things that happen over long ages, right? These different seals. And then inside of them, they're like nesting. What are those things called? Nesting dolls. Nesting dolls. So then the trumpets begin happening at a certain seal. And again, I'd have, I don't remember, I don't have all this stuff in front of me, but so this, the trumpets are a little bit shorter time period. And then the bowls are released at a certain point intermixed with a certain seal and a certain trumpet. And the bowls are at the end. Uh, I don't think any of those have been released. Those seem to be released upon a whole world that's have rejected um, the Lord. Uh, well, a lot of people that have rejected him. Hmm. So that's kind of a, a really huge view of 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 revelation, and then you get into the um, the theology of you know the rapture. Are you pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib? And then you get into the theology of millennial. Are you pre-millennial, post-millennial, amillennial, or are you a preterist? And those are all theological. Things Stances. that you can spend, you can spend hours on semantics. Yeah. yeah, but I'm pretty much kind of a. Well, we'll yeah. step back Go real ahead. quick. Yeah, Go ahead. can you explain the tribulation? So a rapture. Let's do tra- the rapture post mid trip post trip because you said those <coughs> keywords. Maybe some people don't even know what that means. So what's pre trip? Just real like a, so tribulation means the really hard stuff that the that people are going through details at the end of, at the end of the age right. Okay. Okay. At the end of maybe one of the seven churches or last seal or something, but yeah, uh, yeah. When uh, there's going to come a point when the Antichrist is revealed, uh, you know, basically there have been Antichrists all through our history. Hitler was probably our last one, but a really huge Antichrist is going to be revealed. He's going to persecute the church. He, um, anyway. So that's tribulation. There's. Some say it's seven years long. I think it's more like three and a half, but that gets into a bunch of arguments. But um, so it's gonna be a, a tough time. A tough time for everybody. Okay. Yeah. Unless you go along with the Antichrist and you're you get his number and you then you can buy and sell and those Which is who the mark don't, of the beast. Yeah, the mark of the beast. If you don't go along with that, it's gonna be pretty tough for you. Okay. Okay. So, so that's the tribulation period. It's pretty bad stuff. Okay. So, um, so now we're not now we're not talking about revelation. We're talking about the theology of revelation. So some believe that the church, true believers, will be raptured before the tribulation occurs. Okay, that's a lot of the churches pre-trib. What you call pre-trib. Some people believe there are uh, you'll be raptured, taken away. Raptured means taken. It's not in the scripture, but. It's a word that means taken away from you know you're in you're no longer in the body you're with the Lord in the air or whatever you know yeah. so some believe believe that you'll be raptured in the middle of the tribulation so you go through part of it and and some even say there's partial raptures here and we don't need to get into all that and then others uh, believe that the church the saints go through the tribulation all the way through it and are raptured after it's over I tend to think. Um, I almost am called a post-trib rapture, but I'm like, 
I think we go through a lot of it, and then we're raptured right at the end before the bowls, the the final judgments are poured out. Hmm. And I hope I'm wrong. So, so I'm like I don't argue with pre-trib. I'm kind of hoping that's the way it is. But if it isn't, yeah, you know, <laughs> when have you not seen the church get persecuted? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like always, yeah. No, the whole history of churches getting persecuted. But it would right. be nice if it was before the <clears throat> yeah real bad stuff. So that's kind of pre, mid, and post trip. Interesting. Okay. And then millennial. Um, yeah. What the millennium, that. the millennium means a thousand, a thousand year reign. So there's portions, especially in the end of Revelation, I think chapter 20, where it talks about Jesus reigning over the earth for a thousand years. And uh, so some, some people are pre-millennial, which they mean, which is, I think, is the correct view, but it's again, it doesn't offend me if if I'm wrong. But a premillennial person believes that Jesus is gonna, after all the tribulations done, then Jesus comes back and starts a thousand year reign. So he comes before the thousand year reign. He starts it off. That's premillennial. Some people believe that Jesus will come back after the thousand year reign is over. And so that what they they believe is that Jesus is ruling from heaven and that the church is ruling on earth. Hmm. And um, I, I don't agree with that, but I, I know that people that can defend that are, you know, people have very good arguments in all of these things. So it's, again, it's not, I don't think it's post-millennial. I don't think, I think he comes back before the thousand years. I think it's a literal thousand years. Um, and I think he's going to come back before it starts. But some people are, don't don't agree with that. Mm. They believe that uh, um, the church is progressing towards perfection, and that he's going to come back after we get it right enough that he comes back. So that's post millennial. He comes back after the. In other words, we're in the millennium right now. We're getting better and better. And I think a lot of people abandon that view maybe after World War Two, after seeing two world wars, you know, and all this stuff. And so they're like, I don't think this theology makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think that's where they lost, started losing people. Um, then there's another view called millennial. Uh, I'm sorry, maybe that's more post-millennial and millennial. I get them mixed up. So I think they're similar in that. I think millennial is also that the church is progressing. I'm sorry, post-millennial, might, they may not believe the church is progressing towards something good, but that, that Jesus will come back after after the thousand-year reign, however they define that. But millennial is more like, yeah, everything's getting better, you know, and Jesus is going to come back at the end when we finally get enough things right. I'm sorry, I, I kind of mixed those two up. Okay. I, again, you know, yeah, I, I don't mean to offend people that are in those positions. Um, and then a, something a little bit outside of the box is a preterist. And uh, I know in seminary we were... We were told that preterists are heretics, and uh, I'm like, well, I don't know, what, whatever. I'm not sure why. But um, I've had some friends that are preterists, and I've heard some guys that are preterists, and they're believers. They're good people. So what a preterist is, is they believe that um, all the things in Revelation pretty much happened in the first century. They see the... the uh, the tribulation, all that stuff occurred 
um, the persecution, yeah, all yeah, at all, and, and they have the arguments. Into yeah. The, yeah, okay. Yeah, everything's done, and um, all basically all prophecy has been fulfilled, hmm. or still the church, but it was all fulfilled uh, because Rome came in and they decimated the temple and they and they did they they did do that so, I, so that's where i think there's layers to prophecy cuz if you're a, a a christian in 70 AD and you saw you know millions of jews being slaughtered christians being slaughtered that the the roman army came in and and decimated the city took out the temple i mean that fulfills revelation a lot of it so the preterists that i've known are you know they have arguments for that, and then there, there are people that are not full preterists. They believe there's still some things going to happen in the future, and you know, they're you know they have. So again, I'm not here to. I yeah. It's really good to have friends that are in different theological positions because you all you have that relationship where you're not don't automatically go oh they're a heretic because they don't believe in premillennial pre-trib rapture you know come on you know you don't have to agree but you you'll find that those who know their scripture have good arguments for their positions Hmm. so anyways i didn't really want to get into all that theology because that doesn't it It bogs it down it bogs down what revelation is about especially when revelation already is just so yeah it's interesting yeah I, i was looking for more hierarchy but that is helpful to think through those things. So as you're reading it, if you do read Revelation, you can keep that, okay, well, this and then this. So what happens after the thousand-year reign? So thousand years, wh- what what does Revelation say about the thousand-year reign? Um, right? Because most people mm-hmm. think Antichrist, I'm just going to talk from a position where, and I'm going to talk for most people, but it's just going to be my position of what I thought for a while. But I'll say, I'll say, I'll say it for everyone. But yeah. most people thought, you know, tribulation, rapture, and then we're done. But there's more yeah. to that, right? That <laughs> Much more. Yeah. So can you kind of explain a little bit of that? Yeah, again, I'm shooting from the hip, but um, yeah, it seems... Don't worry, I'm talking for everyone, so <laughs> <laughs> we're in the same boat. <laughs> uh, I mean, again, I'm coming from a pre-millennial that Jesus comes back, that there's a tribulation all hell breaks loose. Jesus comes back and swats down the enemies of people that have rejected him and, and the entities that have rejected him. And he thou, he throws Satan into a... Let's see, the... the Okay, good. I'm really shooting from the hip here. Um, the false prophet and the Antichrist are thrown into hell... So those are the first people that go into hell. By the way, hell is empty right now. Um, nobody's in hell right now, heretic. but we, that's a bunny trail. You heretic. <laughs> it's empty. Where's Hitler? <laughs> He's yeah. not in hell yet. <laughs> He's not in heaven. But um, So after the tribulation, the Antichrist, the false prophet, are thrown into hell. I think Satan is bound for a thousand years while Jesus is reigning on earth. So okay. you say Satan. Are you talking about the council of the adversaries as we talked um, about in the past adcast? Yeah. Or is it a specific entity? And also false false prophet. 
you want to kind of explain that maybe a little bit too? I'm sorry. I'm yeah, no, that's good. To it, but then I'm now you make me ask other questions. Yeah, because it, you know how we talked about in Genesis, we don't know who that being was. It's not mm-hmm. Satan. It could have been, but in the Old Testament, Satan is usually not a proper name. It's usually uh, a title of a of a an entity that is taking a position like a prosecution against saints or whatever. So in the New Testament, though, it's Accus- accusing, accusing, yeah, the accuser. It's more like a court situation, but in Revelation, it seems to be because there is one place where John says Satan, that dragon, that old dragon, ancient dragon. So that may be referring to the first, the Nakash in Genesis three. So I tempted Eve. So hmm. it very, and this is very interesting. We don't know his proper name. Even in Revelation, the dragon. Um, it, it is it like Tolkien? You know how there's this entity, not Sauron, but whatever is behind him is is you know thing that's never named, never met. It's so evil we don't know its name. That may be true for us. We don't know the name of this thing. Hmm. I don't know. So that that's a bunny trail. Uh, false okay. Pr- false so, prophet. What's the false prophet? Okay, but you're you're asking me what happens after the thousand. Years. So, big picture. Tribulation. Uh, Satan is thrown into, or he is bound for a thousand years, so he can't deceive anybody. And then Jesus reigns with the church over the earth okay. for a thousand years. That's the millennium. And then Satan is released again, and he goes into deceiving people, and they try to come. There's a whole other war that goes against uh, uh, the city of God, and that's stomped down again. And then we go into what's called the eternal age. So, so like that thousand-year reign might be like a, I don't know, another whole other age that we haven't gotten to yet. And then there's a whole nother thing that comes after that. So, <laughs> so no, so yeah, we it's simplify. Yeah, I understand why pastors just simplify things. They simplify it so much that actually probably do a disservice mm. because we need to think about the complications of these things. So, what? What? All right, let me go back to the false. So prophet. you were asking me a prophet. Yeah, it was. Question. You said that Satan and the false prophet get thrown into this into hell. So there's an antichrist. And there's probably been several throughout history. There's an antichrist. There's a false prophet that's probably a religious leader that backs him up. And then there's the uh, dragon or this or Satan or the. So there's the spiritual entity that has always been in rebellion against God. Let's call him Satan, just to make it easy. There's a false prophet who is a religious leader. And, and then there's an Antichrist who is um, like a political leader. So you've got religious, political, and then you've got the spiritual entity behind them. It's a false trinity, if that makes sense. Yeah. Father, Son, Holy Ghost, and you got the yep. spiritual, f- political, religious. And remember, from clear back from Genesis 3, there's the seed of the woman who will someday bring forth a Messiah, 
who will crush the head of the seed of the serpent. So we have a seed war, right, going on all through. We're in one right now. The fallen realm is always trying to influence people, but they've tried before to create... How can I say this? Like in Genesis 6 where they tried to create a hybrid. The Nephilim were hybrids. They're making their own seed. They're intermingling. They're Monsantoing. Yeah, they were. <laughs> That's a good way. <laughs> yeah, there's this. So the Antichrist might be a hybrid type person who's highly intelligent, highly um, supernatural, but also human. Mm. I don't know. It's kind of weird to think. But what, uh, the false prophet, uh, and there's probably not a ton about the false prophet, but would that be like a. I'm thinking like a Gandhi or a Joel Olstein, not that. Um, a lot of people, I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to harp on the uh, Catholic Church, but a lot of people believe it'll be a pope because the pope is very. A religious icon. Yeah, yeah. a religious icon. And even the, there are. Even think about the pope. Yeah, Malachi Martin, who was a, uh, was he a cardinal or something? He's, he's passed away, but there are prophecies in Catholicism that talk, or there are. Let's, I don't know if I'm going to say prophecy. There are predictions that there will be a false pope aligned with the Antichrist in the end, and that's from Catholic, a Catholic view. Hmm. So again, I don't want to. I don't. It's too easy to dump on the Catholics because I'm a Protestant, but uh, it does make sense that the pope. I mean, the secular world always turns to the pope as the, you know, he's the leader of the of the church, but he. He's not my leader, but <laughs> there's a lot of people that are not Catholic. But uh, he seems to be the one that the secular world always like. Well, that's that's the Pope. He, yeah, that makes sense. He represents the Christians, and he doesn't. But but to everyone else, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I never, I never thought about that. He may be the uh, a Pope, maybe the false Pope. I don't know. I'm not anti-Catholic, so yeah. There's great. You know, like I said, we have we know Catholics are wonderful. People, I just don't agree with their hierarchy, right, and their dogmas and stuff. They wouldn't agree with ours either, yeah. but they would probably think we're wonderful people as well. So, yeah, yeah, no, that's really interesting. Yeah, okay, I didn't even think about that. And so those get bound up. The human, uh, no, the the Antichrist and the false prophet actually thrown into hell. Okay, and then the spiritual entity is it's bound for a thousand years probably. so he can't deceive anybody while Christ But reigns. the antichrist and the and the spiritual the false prophet they're, they're done. done they're done they're done gotcha they're out of the picture and then all as far again as far as i understand revelation which is very small um after the thousand year reign there is a final judgment where the unrighteous that have rejected Jesus are thrown into the lake of hell Lake of Fire, with along the, with the with Satan, yeah. Okay. Oh, so, so that's why I say it's empty right now because the Antichrist and the false prophet have obviously not been thrown, thrown into hell yet, according to what you believe. According Unless to what I believe. you're uh, one of the other millenniums yeah. who may think that it's already happened, could be. Yeah. Right. So. Yep. 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 Just a disclaimer. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um. <clears throat> okay, that is actually really helpful, giving that wide. That wide thought, for me at least, I don't uh -huh. know if it's helpful for everyone else, but for me, it makes me it gets it gets an idea of the overarching theme of Revelation. So it's a 
past, present, future book. So it's talking about a bunch of different stuff. So you, it's very, like, it's not clear. Right. It's not a manual of this is how it's going to go down. It's like, a mm-hmm. this could be this. Could have already happened. You'll never know. And when you're in heaven, you know, things aren't linear anymore. Right. They're circular. That's crazy. And that's how Jews think. Um, but it's also kind of talking about different things that are going to happen, different signs and um, the millennium, you know, after the the tribulation, which is a period of tough times for Christians, which could have happened or may be happening in the future. Um, then there's a thousand year reign. After that thousand year reign, then there is another uprising. Something happens. And then there's the, what do you call the last kind of piece? Eternal age. Eternal age. Mm-hmm. Do we know of anything after that? There's nothing really mm-hmm. said yet. Okay. No. Okay. So I have a question for you. Okay. Unless, is there anything else you want to say? No, is I'm that- just saying it's probably so beyond our understanding that I don't know what the eternal age is, except that um, it's not boring. I, I remember as a baby Christian, um, my friends and I would be like, man, heaven's going to be boring because we don't have anything to do except sit on a cloud. No. <laughs> no. We always have purpose and meaning. And yeah. So. Yeah. I think it, of heaven as, it's probably going to be like, it sounds weird every time I say it to people, but it's like um, when I'm playing video games, I want like Minecraft. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna go into Minecraft, and, or Legos. Think about Legos. Okay. But with Minecraft, it's Legos in a virtual world, so you can do whatever yep. you want, mm-hmm. create anything, and you have so much fun, like <coughs> crafting and building and creating and just being creative in this in this space. And so I, I feel like we'll be able to do that in real life. I'll just be moving dirt and planting <laughs> trees and creating a garden. That I want. You know I mean? You'll be able to right. just kind of create. I, that's and what it, I think. And it won't be frustrating. Yeah, it won't. Yeah, or boring. Right. Like, all right, well, let's try intermingling these trees. And, you know, so... Uh, yeah. Who I don't know if that is. what. It's just something that I've thought about. I'm like, oh, heaven's going to be dope. But, um, all right, so I have, I have a question, but I'm going to ask you this question before it. Oh, two questions. Yeah. To wrap up Revelation, what are some stuff, what are just some keys to people would be helpful for people to know? Like, hey, look, make sure you're looking at these things when you're reading through Revelation to understand it better. Would you say, is there anything that you could just like off the top of your head say, you know, think about these things. You've already done that, like the seals and the trumpets and the bowls. That gives you an idea of how that works. You've talked about present, past, and future. If you're thinking about those things when you're going into reading it, mm-hmm. it's going to make it a lot easier to comprehend. Is there anything else that you could think about that may be keys or helpful for people if they do re- read Revelation mm. instead of just getting lost and just plowing through it so you can shut your Bible and say, I read it for over um, I don't know. I wonder, if, I wonder if you can like look something up online that has a brief outline of revelation and keep looking at that while you're reading it so that you don't get because you get lost in the intricacies because i it's almost like it kind of gives you a, a big outline then it goes dips down into detail then it comes back up to outline and down into detail and up, yeah. you know and so you get i, I get kind of lost in that sometimes too yeah it's not um, in the greek way of thinking at all yeah and and also to know that when john is in heaven Again, it's not linear. <clears throat> he might be looking at things 
he might be looking at something prophetically that happened in the past and is happening in the future at the same time at the same time possibly or Jeez. you know what i mean yeah um yeah yeah so yeah that makes sense all right last question and then we can wrap it up but where do aliens fall in this <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> you know like if you, if the Marvel universe, we kind of talked a little bit about that, but yeah, where would, where where do these spiritual beings fall into it? If that's what we're getting prepped for <coughs> as people now, well, let me tell you this: the UFO community is more in tune with spiritual reality than most of the church, <laughs> which is a rebuke to us. Um. I like, uh, you know, one of, like Dr. Michael Heiser, who I've been reading a lot of his stuff, which is very dense. It's very hard to, you have to, yeah. Anyways. Thick. Yeah, he'll have one paragraph and then three paragraphs of subtitled or sub uh, end notes or, you know, footnotes. That's what I'm saying. Um, anyways, um, Dr. Heiser goes to the, where is it? Is it in Roswell? I don't know. There's mm -hmm. the, the whole UFO thing happens once a year. They invite him back year after year to talk to them about what do Christians think about aliens? Because most Christians are like, yeah, they don't exist, right? And Dr. Heiser comes, and the only way he can explain what's going on about aliens is to give them the gospel, <laughs> Every year, year after year, and they love having him back because he doesn't beat their head. He's like, "Yeah, there's something going on." Okay, so anyway, so what do I think about? I think we've talked in the past that aliens. I I think that there are aliens, but I don't think I don't think there are other planets. I don't think God has made other planets. Well, He could have. Let's say that God could have done anything he wanted. He could have made other planets with other kind of creatures on them. But I suspect that aliens are um, basically angelic realm, fallen or righteous. Uh, because anything that's not made from the earth, like Adam and Eve and all of us, we are terrestrial. Everything outside of us is extraterrestrial. So when Gabriel or Michael come to present information to people, um, they're extraterrestrial. They're they're angels, but they're extraterrestrial. So I think the fallen realm, the fallen entities that have rebelled against God, have been manipulating, messing around in Earth for thousands of years, visiting us. They may even have spacecrafts. I don't know. Hmm. I see them as aliens. So, um, yeah. So that that's yeah. They're extraterrestrial. They're not of this earth, and they want to interfere with God's plan, and they want to uh, usurp our authority. And so they're always so they're trying us to step in, in and be the the yeah. leaders instead of us being the leaders. Yeah, it's all through mythology. Um, so yeah. So them being revealed, what's that mean in Revelation? Was that mean anything for Revelation? Do you think or what? Well, you know, in, 
it talks about in chapter nine that the chapter nine of Revelation of Revelation or chapter nine of the Bible. <laughs> Revelation. Okay. Yeah, we're going to get hit from two angles. We're going to get hit from the fallen realm from heaven because there, the, remember, there are fallen angels and entities and things that are um, in the abyss and that are, you know, demonic realm is on the earth, right? There are also fallen angels in the heavenlies because I, and I, I don't have the scriptures in front of you, but Revelation talks about. Um, entities being cast out of heaven, so that means they're in the heavens. Mm-hmm. They're being cast down to the earth, right? But there's always there. Are, I mean, there's also uh, entities that are held within Hades and the abyss. Okay, so Hades isn't hell. Hell? No, I don't have. I, yeah, it's we don't a funny have trail, that. But yeah, okay. But there are you know. But most people, I'm just saying, when people hear Hades, they're thinking hell. But we kind of no, talked about that at one point. Yeah, yeah, it's not the same hell's thing. way more complex than just hell's empty and there's nothing there yet. Yeah, but, but the Hades. abyss is full of the fallen watchers that God, at the flood, yeah, chained them up in the abyss. But their children, the Nephilim, are not chained in the abyss. Hmm. They're still influencing. They're they're disembodied spirits. That's what a demon is. Right. We, yeah, we've kind of covered that. So, uh, the underworld is especially hitting during Revelation, and the uh, the angelic beings that are rebellious from heaven are cast out. We're, we're getting hit from two angles. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. So, in Revelation nine, it talks about the the abyss being opened up and the those watchers being let out mm. to deceive. So and they're let out to deceive, and influence, and wreak hell on Earth for five months. Just like when the flood came, the flood waters came over and killed all the giants and the Nephilim, and and they were, you know, the the watchers were bound for five, you know, for five months. The flood ravaged the Earth. Mm. So they get five months to come back and ravage the earth <laughs> and oh, revenge. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, I don't know. I think I'm going too far. I, am I answering no, your yeah, question? I, I wonder, um, yeah, the, the, the revealing of it, aliens. Oh. And how that's going to spark, spark, how that ties into revelation. Oh, you know this is this is important, and I'm going to try to cover it in one of my sermons. But um, our government has been releasing information since 2017 about you know just little snippets here and there about having alien technology and stuff like that. You know, um, so all through our history, you know, Greek. Sumerian, Mayan, all, you know, ancient. There's, there's this, um, what I believe is a fake news story that um, the gods, plural, which would be the fallen realm, but the gods are wonderful. They're here to help, right? And they're great, and they do great feats and. Um, you know, they mess up sometimes. But they mess up sometimes. Sometimes you can't quite tell what they're going to do, but usually, you know, but... It's always good. Okay, so that same 
message is going to come back again. I think the fallen realm is getting ready to reveal themselves like wonderful Thor and, you know, know, the Marvel movies are, the heroes are really not the good guys in reality. I mean, on the movies they are, but what I'm saying is the fallen realm is going to look like the good guys. And, um, who they're going to say is bad is this, this coming entity and it's going to be Jesus. So they're going to turn the world against Jesus, I think. I think that's kind of, that may be their plan. I don't know. They haven't told me, and I don't want to talk to them about it. <laughs> hmm. So we're beginning to get little snippets about alien visitation. And, I mean, I've heard people go, well, things are getting so bad on Earth, we probably need some aliens to come and help. Glenn yeah. Beck said that. you know, And I don't really listen to Glenn Beck anymore, but, I mean, he's Mormon anyway, so... I'm the not, true religion. I don't hate Mormons, but yeah. yeah. The true religion, Mormon. But I heard him say that. I'm like, Glenn, you don't want aliens to yeah. help you out. No, no, no. Interesting. So. Yeah. That was good. No, this is good. It's something to think about. It's, uh, yeah. So you said people were asking about aliens, huh? Yeah. We'll have to do a podcast just about that. Oh, I, I'm not the guy to ask about aliens. I don't, yeah. I don't study them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You study the Bible. And you said you're doing sermons. You want to plug when you're doing these sermons? Um, for anyone that wants to come listen. What is so September 25th? Is that a Sunday? Uh, let me look real quick. I think September 25th is a Sunday. Okay. It's the last Sunday yep. of the month. Okay. I'm supposed to do Genesis 3 then. Okay. And then the next Sunday is October 2nd. Yes. Then I want to cover Genesis 6. Okay. And then I'll have to get permission to do um, next two. 11, Genesis 11, and then the conquest. And all four of those relate. If you don't know why God flooded the earth, you might just think he's evil and mean. And if you don't understand why God had um, several um, cultures wiped out, man, woman, child, animal, you might think he's just, just this evil God, what's up with him? And most Christians don't even know any of this stuff. They don't know why it happened, or they don't even know, you know. So we, a good atheist that knows the Bible can make us look stupid, because we, you have to know why God did that. He's not evil. He's actually merciful. Yeah. And so those things, I need to teach on those things. So, hmm. so September 25th and October 2nd, those Sundays, if you want to come listen to you preach, you yep. com- combination of almost 120 hours of research, mm-hmm. it'll be put into an hour long <laughs> podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not really a podcast. And of but. course, I will probably will never be ready. But yeah, and, and I yeah, I was like other to thing talk about. I like to take questions at the end. That's what I was going to say, which is a little, it's a little nervous, nerve wracking because I don't know what's going to come at me. It's something I don't even know how to explain. Yeah, if you have questions, this is a great place to. I don't know. I don't know. I'll come talk to you after. But that you do open up and you say, anyone that wants to ask me questions can ask me questions about what I was just teaching about. And people yeah. do. Yeah. People ask you questions. Yeah. I mean, a good 15 minutes of the thing is asking questions and walking down yeah. this trail or that trail and talking through it. And sometimes you're like, I just don't know. You know, this is yeah. what I kind of know. This is what I think. Uh, but this, and you're pretty good at that. So, 
But yeah, Thanks. October 2nd, September 25th. Uh, you can find them at Mission 72. It's, you can look that up, Mission 72. It's in Goshen. 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 Um, service starts at 10 o'clock. That's when worship starts. Yeah. The sermon will probably start at like 11-ish. Yeah, usually. Um, 1045, 11. That's when I show up. <laughs> so, <laughs> such a stinker. But uh-huh. um, I do. Yeah, I like the, I love the sermons. And sometimes I'm just like, I'll listen to worship on my way over there, you know, or whatever. Or whatnot, or don't listen to it. Or but mm-hmm. service starts at 10. Preaching starts at like 11, 1045. Mm-hmm. Get there then. Just slip in the back. That's what I do. You'll probably come with me. I'll be there as you are slipping in if you come <laughs> 1045 or 11. We can slip, slip in together. But uh, Mission 72, September 25th, October 2nd. Cool. We'll probably cool. do a dad cast before then. We'll plug it one more time. But mark it on your calendars, yep. folks. Uh, we'd love to see you there. Um, cool. Anything else you want to say? Nope. I'm good. It's right. It's late. Yeah, Tim made time. me stay up. Yeah. We bottled some beer and then we actually uh, crushed some grapes to make some wine. Yeah, we're going to make some homemade wine. Need some chicken nuggets. It's been a big day. It's been <laughs> it's a good been a day. big chicken nugget day. Yeah. All right, folks. You guys have a wonderful uh, rest of whatever you're doing. Thanks so much for listening. And as Tim says, peace. Peace. <laughs>